Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Today we're talking about a pit stop. A pit stop. Sometimes in life, if you have not had to do this already, you will do it. If you're a driver, any drivers we have? Do we have any drivers? A lot of y'all don't drive, huh? Do we have any drivers? Raise your hand, yeah. And at some point, you've had to make a pit stop. If you're a traveler, if you've driven any certain amount of hours, sometimes if you're not paying attention, you may have to, you may get ready to run out of gas or you may have to use the restroom. Whatever the case, you may have to take a pit stop. Sometimes in taking this pit stop online, sometimes in this pit stop, it leads you to some of the most uncomfortable areas. You look at your gas hand and you begin to speak in tongues and say, Lord, please don't let me run out of gas right here. Not in this area. (laughs) This area is a little sketchy. I'm not sure about this area. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't know. And if somebody's in the car with you and you know the area as a driver and you have a kid in the back saying, Mommy, Daddy, I got to use the potty. Or if you have an adult back there saying, I got to use it. Whatever the case may be. The driver is admonishing the person who has to use the bathroom. If the area is not conducive, they'll tell you, can you hold it? Can you, can you hold it? Because I don't really want to pull over here. I want to talk to some people who had to pull over involuntary in your life. You had a stop along the way on the journey and somehow you found yourself in an unlikely place. Unlikely meaning uncomfortable. It's uncertain. It's unsure. You're not sure if you're coming. You're not sure if you're going. And you were on the direction to where you feel that God had you, but you had a blowout and you had to move over. You have to get over and you ended up somewhere that you were not expecting. Talking to people right now, this is sermon, this is for real people. This is for people who are not putting on a a form of God, and this is for people who know that at some point, you've had to pull over. Actually, I believe by way of the Holy Spirit, I'm talking to people now, currently in a pit stop. The question is always, how did I get here? This wasn't in the plans. I don't see this on the map. It's making you discouraged. There's no encouragement in this place. It's dark in this place. It's challenging in this place. You're uncertain in this place. But can I tell you, regardless of where you are, he's still there with you. (laughs) He's still there with you because he promises I'll never leave you. Neither will I forsake you. I'll be there with you until the ends of the age. We're talking about a pit stop. This conversation comes from Genesis in a conversation about a man named Joseph. My grandmother used to say when her teeth was coming out, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. If you understand anything about Joseph, he, was a, he had brothers. It's a history with Joseph. But as I was reading about Joseph, I understood at some time why his brothers, as, the, as students say, or, or as younger people say, felt the way. They felt the way about Joseph. Joseph would have these illustrious dreams about his brothers serving him. 
And he would say, hey, guys, I had a dream. And his brothers tuning in and like, bro, what's the dream? And he said, I had a dream one day that I was standing up and you guys were bowing down. And the brothers are like, you think we're supposed to serve you? Wouldn't you be mad at somebody who kept telling you dreams where you were the one <laughs> bowing down? Joseph had another dream. He went to his brothers. Now this time, Joseph went to his mama and his dad and his brother. He said, guys, I had another amazing dream. Joseph, he's glad he's hearing from God. At this point, his brothers are like, I don't want to hear another dream. But this time, it couldn't be bad because it included his mom and his dad. He said, guys, I had a dream. They said, what was the dream? Joseph, Joseph said, here's the dream. I had a dream that you all were kneeling down before me. Isn't God good? And his dad says, are you kidding? You think, you think, we're gonna, you think you're going to be ruler over us? Sometimes... In this journey of life, I want to admonish you that God gives dreams, but also he's telling you who you shouldn't tell your dreams to. I know, I know. I need you to understand that God has deposited certain dreams, certain concepts, certain prototypes, certain things in our heart, but it is not in his will that we tell them to everybody because everybody won't get it. And the people that won't get it will try to destroy you and it. Pit stop. Joseph, if you understand, he had a color, a uh, technical of many colors. He was wearing his, his favorite color. His father, he stirred bitter ashes of hatred. Parents, be careful. Parents, be careful that you don't choose a favorite. He stirred bitter ashes of hatred and jealousy within the hearts of his brother. This is my, I love this boy. Parents, if, if we're honest, so y'all, you, you be careful. You don't say or you don't insinuate that you have a favorite. Shout out to all my single uh, uh, long, uh, the children. You just you. You you my favorite. <laughs> he breeded that jealousy. They hated the fact that their father blatantly and continued show favoritism toward the younger son. They hated that obnoxious one of a kind. Look at how special I am jacket. Did you see how they wrote that? That obnoxious, one of a kind, look at how special I am. Can you imagine when he put his jacket on? It's like, he's showing favoritism. And especially hated those dreams, those blessed, patronizing, arrogant dreams. Such animosity led to a murderous and unanimous contention. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a place in your life that you had to detour? That you've had to pull over, that you had to be in a place that you personally don't feel, I'm talking to real ones right now, that I'm in a season and God cannot be responsible for this. This can't be God. Those spiritual lowlands are common terrain for a child of God. David knew, watch this, David knew what it was like to be in a horrible pit. All the greats have walked through it. Jeremiah sank in the mire while depth of a dungeon. Daniel was consumed and he was relaxing down in the den of lions. The children of Israel threw themselves in pits in, in Gilgal while King Saul sinned. I reiterate to some of you, sometimes life is the pits, but that's not always a bad thing. Let me say that again. That's not always a bad thing. Genesis chapter 37, verse 23 through 24. This is out of the New Living Translation. 
Genesis chapter 37, 23 through 24. You can go back and read the story on your own, but I wanted to highlight this. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. It's weird that they would go for that robe first, huh? Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty and there was no water in it. Sometimes you will be in a place of, in, in life where there feels like there is no life around you. They threw Joseph in a place where there was no life, there was no chance of living, there was no chance of water, there was no chance of survival, there was nothing, and they threw them in there to die. But I want you to understand something in the verses before that they had a plan to just kill their brother. They were like, let's just kill him. And then put some blood on his jacket, on his coat, and act like he, he got eaten up, eaten up by an animal. But God always has a ram in the bush. One of the brothers said, no, 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 don't kill him. Let's just throw him in there and let him die on his own. But we have to understand that all favor doesn't look the same. All favor doesn't come with a loan approval. All favor doesn't come with a car approval. All favor doesn't come with checks in the mail. That's a form of favor. But this was a form of favor that you shall live and not die. He had somebody within the ranks and said, no, let's not kill him. Let's put him there just so he could die. But the whole plan was for the brother to come back and get him and take him to his father. Some of us are in a season of it looked like nothing good can come out of this. It looks like you're about to die. It looks like you're about to have some hard times. But I'm telling you, God is in the midst of where you're walking in. I love how some versions say that he was thrown in a pit. And some versions say he was thrown in a cistern. So because I like, I have a lot of questions, I had to go look up, what is a cistern? And in my journey of finding out what a cistern is, is that people put things in a cistern that they want to preserve. People put things in a cistern that are valuable and worth a lot. <laughs> I'm reminded of the scripture that is the glory of God to conceal a matter. I believe that Joseph was thrown in there to preserve him because, listen, there is something that comes in a dark place. Preservation comes in a dark place. Production comes in a dark place. That's how those pictures are made because they're in a dark place. Sometimes you don't need all the sunlight. You need a little darkness. I don't know who I'm talking to that you feel like I shouldn't be here. I don't have a right to be in this place in my life. No, 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 no. It's in the darkness that you find out exactly who you're not and who God is. Let me talk to somebody again. It's in the darkness that you find out who you're not and everything who God is. This is the season. Some of us are taking pit stops. Number one in this pit stop, I want you to write this down. Not every one of your, not everyone appreciates your dream. You're like, Dr. King, I had a dream today. <laughs> Not everyone appreciates your dream. Just because God's placed a huge, holy, heavenly dream in your life doesn't mean that everyone will understand it. Sometimes things closest to you will reject your attempts at serving God. Jealousy and feeling inadequacy will cause others to question your motives and intents. Don't be surprised when others refuse your vision and rejoice in your deceit. Be careful 
who you talk to. That's why when Mary got pregnant, she didn't just go to anybody. You remember when Mary got pregnant? She couldn't just go to somebody random. She gonna say, what? Girl, I'm pregnant. Who the daddy? It's, congratulations to you and Joseph. Child, it ain't Joseph. Can you imagine the gossip that will be going through the town? And they act like they're happy for you? Maybe this is not you. Maybe you're one of the two people, or maybe it's no one in here at all. But I don't know if you've ever had a person who congratulated you. Child, congratulate. It, it ain't Joseph. Oh, that's okay, honey. That's okay. As soon as you leave, child Mary is pregnant, and it ain't Joseph, baby. Who the pappy? I don't know, but it ain't Joseph. See, Mary had to go to somebody who knew would understand purpose, understands purpose. Number two, I want you to write this down. Even in the season of a pit, your father still loves you. I'm encouraging somebody right now. I'm shaking you right now. You're in a hard place, you're in a dark place, you're in a dry place, you're in the middle of a business deal, you're in the middle of a foreclosure, you're in the middle of a business deal gone bad, you had a business relationship, it went south, you're not sure what you need to do, you're in the middle of trying to figure out what college you're going to go to, what's the next space in your life, you're in the middle of a divorce or in between a divorce or trying to figure out if this lady after the divorce is the right one or vice versa. I'm telling you, God still loves you, he has not forgotten about you, and here it is, his plan, whether you're in the pit or the palace is still the same. Still the same. The pit did not change in any sense of the word the love that God has for you. Low places, be careful, it can affect your way of thinking. Here's a word of warning. We must be on guard when we descend into the pit. They can become a breeding ground for doubt and disbelief. You could begin to question God's intentions for your life. God, this, maybe I'm not supposed to be this. Maybe I'm not supposed to do that. Maybe I'm not supposed to go here. Maybe I'm not supposed, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm challenged. Maybe this is not going to work. Maybe it's not going to work. But let me assure you, your pit moment has not changed the love and affection of your heavenly father. The world may strip you of your color jacket, but you are still the apple of your father's eye. I want to encourage you, you still mean the same to him in the pit than you were out. His affections has not changed. I don't care, listen, I don't care if you just had an abortion. He still loves you the same. Oh, you don't, you're not shouting me down now. I don't care if you just had an abortion yesterday. I don't care if you just had an abortion last week. I don't care if you're currently in, in, in thinking about having one. He loves you the same. <laughs> I don't care if you just popped up on a pipe yesterday. I don't care if you just popped some oxy. I don't care if you just popped some meth. I don't care if you just mix some, some, some stuff in a bottle, some red drip. I don't care what it is that you're doing when you're watching this. I don't care where it is that you're doing it. He is there with you. <laughs> Some people don't like to hear that. But he's the God of everybody. Amen. And he's waiting on you to do Romans 10, 9, confess with your heart and believe in your mouth. Wherever you are, if you got a line in your arm, 
Jesus, I feel the glory. If you got a syringe in your arm, if you got something you about to shoot up or you just did it, he's still waiting there with his arms stretched out wide saying, come unto me all you are heavy and of heavy laden. I will give you rest. And no matter where you are in the pit, God is still with you. We have to be careful that we're not always casting the net to Christians because we're already in the net. We're going after people that don't know him. We're going after people that don't know how to get to him. You have to remember that prodigals know how to get home. The lost don't. <laughs> the prodigal son, when he came to himself, he knew where to go. You have lost people that are wandering and have no idea how to get here. They're in a pit and they're in darkness and they don't know how to get home. Oh, I feel that. I'm telling you, there's a grace for you. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. There's a place at the table for you. Hmm. We have to believe that there is still purpose in the waiting. I still have purpose. I was still made on purpose, for purpose, and with a purpose. Greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. No weapon formed against me that shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against me in judgment shall be cut down and shown to be in the wrong. You have to still be able to believe that God is who he is in your life, even in the lowest or the highest places. See, one thing you understand about Joseph, and as you continue to read through his story, as I pray that you do, he never put God on the shelf, even in the pit or when he was in prison, he was still interpreting dreams. <laughs> even in a pit or in prison he was still saying God you get the glory out of my life I don't know where you are I don't know what's happening to you I don't want to I don't know what's happening to you but why is the first thing that has to be cut off is God I'm talking to Christians right now the first thing that we cut off when life is, stop, is not going the way we want it when we're in a dark place when we're in a dry place the first thing that we do I'm not going to church I ain't going. I'm not going to pay my tithes and offer right now. I don't want to sing anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore for God. Why is that the first thing to go? But his name is the first thing you have on your lips. <laughs> the first thing, oh, you get sick in your body. I'm not going to church. I don't want to. And then when you're not here, watch this. This is how the devil works. You get sick and you made the decision not to come. Then you get mad on us because we don't know where you are. <laughs> they didn't call me. I've been gone for six months. I've been gone for three days. Nobody called me where I was. Nobody's concerned about me. Woe is me. That's a lonely party when it's a pity when you just by yourself. You made a decision to cut, to cut the church out of the equation. Now you want us to still have the same responsibility. Of course, it's our responsibility to love and restore and to bring you back to health. But if you're running, you want us to chase you. Amen. Number three, God's plans take time. His plan, write this down, it takes time. The pit reminds us, oh, this is good. This is, this is good, remember this. The pit reminds us that the dream may take time, although the dream didn't come in one night, it will not unfold overnight. The dream 
came one night, but it will not unfold overnight. Joseph went from the pit to a palace to prison to rulership. Do you understand that journey? He said, you know, let's put him in the pit. Yeah, that's okay. Here come some people that we can sell him to. And then we can lie and say he was dead. And then we'll take him to a pit. Then he find favor. Listen, favor, when favor is on your life, it doesn't matter what kind of environment they put you in. People will see the God on your life and they will still exalt you in the midst of challenge. The dream comes in one night, but it will not unfold overnight. Time is God's way of removing the debris from our lives. Mm. Time is God's way of moving the debris from our life. You may want something so bad, but he may love you so much and know that you're not ready for what you're asking for. How many are believing God for something right now? Raise your hand. You believe it. He may say, you know what? I want the same thing you want for you, but because I love you so much, I'm going to put that, I'm going to delay it a little while. Because if I give it to you, you're going to mess it up. If I give you exactly what you want now, you're going to ruin it. I love you so much that I don't want you to ruin it. I love you so much and I want the best for your life because what I'm about to give you is really, really good. But when you get it, you're going to make it really, really bad. pit stop. It's uncomfortable. It's frustrating. And in the pit stop, you feel like, man, have you ever been to one of those pit stops? And you need something and they ain't got nothing. Ain't nothing in the gas station. What are these chips? I never heard of them before. You don't have, there's nothing there. There's nothing, it's nothing nutrition. It's nothing there. It's got two pumps. What am I? And if you grew up in a place that I grew up, you definitely don't want to pull over there. I know some of y'all for sure wouldn't want to come there. I don't, I don't, I think we can make it. <laughs> you know how it is when you're driving and the atmosphere starts to change and you're looking at the buildings, you're like, nah, I'm not, uh, I, I, I'm not in Thomasville no more. I'm, I, wait a minute, this looks different. See a few cardboard, I mean, on the window. You hear a little loud music, you like, and you know when you, we all know, anybody know their car? You think you know your car, right? So when the light come on, what's the first thing you say? Oh, I can make it to work and, and home. I can do three more trips on this light. <laughs> we all have done it. I want you to remember this. Sometimes, I'm talking to somebody real right now, sometimes it feels like God is a Sunday morning driver. You know how you Sunday morning drivers are. You're not in a hurry for nothing. You're not rushing for a person. He plows down the road at his own pace. But let me assure you, God is still in control. He will take you to the right place. Listen to this. The pit reminds us that God's plan is not always coordinated with our schedule. You know, I often talk about this part right here is that when you fly, Sometimes you don't get a direct flight. Sometimes you get a what? A layover. 
but I believe this is a word for somebody. A layover does not change your final destination. <laughs> a layover does not change, it will not change your final destination. Even if you got to catch the flight the next day, you're still going to the place that's on that ticket. God has a preferred and he has a prophetic place for you. He has a place that he has promised you. He has a season that he's called, that he's, he's promised to usher you into. He has a place that he knows from the beginning of the world. And for death, he already knew you were going to get there. Right now you're experiencing a stop and it's random. Right now you're experiencing a layover. Right now you're experiencing some discomfort. Now you're experiencing some frustration. But I'm telling you, amidst of it all, your destination is still the same. Number four, your setback is God's setup. The pit is just a part of the providential path of the palace. Whoo! The pit is just a part of God's providential detour to the palace. Quite literally, the pit is just a pit stop. It's necessary, it's vital, and it's essential. I'm here to tell you that where you are is where you're supposed to be. You might not like it. You might not where you want to hear it. It might not. How could this be possible? Where you are, let this hit you, is where you're supposed to be. It doesn't matter who caused it. <laughs> it doesn't matter who caused it it doesn't matter who stirred the pot it doesn't matter who initiated it God is right where you are and it's right where you're supposed to be this is what he said the pit stop is necessary it's vital and it is essential if Joseph wanted to rise up he would have first had to be cast down <laughs> Ooh, I'm almost done I know you're like hurry up please Before God can take you to the level that you're requesting, he has to make sure you're the same down here as you'll be up. Y'all not shouting me down. I understand. I understand. He has to be able to trust you in a low place before he promotes you to a high place. Because if you're not praying here, you're not going to pray when he take you If you're not honoring him with the tithe on $10, glory to God, that honey going to be real hard to let go. Ooh, 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 ooh. If he can't trust you to serve his people when you're free and have nothing going on. If he can't trust you to show up and serve in the kingdom of God when you have no other responsibilities. When he promotes you, do you think you're going to have more time to serve? Ooh. They used to say back in the day, it's tight, but it's right. There is always, ooh, I need you to write this down. Get your pen, get your phone. I feel it, I'm winding up. Online, I'm winding up, just coming to your house. There is always groaning before glory. Get it, put it on your heart, put it in your soul, put it on your refrigerator if you go there first. Wherever you go in the morning, like me, there's always groaning before glory. There's always challenge, there's always pain, there's always frustration, there's always the question, I don't understand, why me? There's always this that happens before God steps in. 
and shows you, behold, I do a new thing. Can you perceive it? Can you wrap your mind around what I'm doing? It's hard to wrap your mind around what he's doing when you don't even understand why you where you are in the first place. I don't even know. It's, you know, it's funny in Christian, we give God glory when it looks like he's being glorious to us. When we can see all the good things that he's doing. Oh, look at God. I just got a new job. I got a new car. I got a house. I got this. I got that. This is working. All things are working for my good. He's intentional, never failing. You know that all things are working for my good. You lost the house. You have a diagnosis and you don't understand where it comes from. And you're questioning. Some things are working for my good. I'm confused, you know. It seems he's failing. But the song is best sung when you don't understand. Oh, things are working for my good. I'm sick, but he's intentional. He's never failing. You know that all things are working for my. I got a horrible diagnosis. He's intentional. He's never failing. I have a notice on my home. All things are working for my good. He's intentional. He's never fed. I'm in a pit. I'm in the worst place of my life. He's intentional. <laughs> I don't know where my next coming from. My next check coming from. Never failing. <laughs> Count it all joy when you go through diverse temptation, pitfalls, pit stops, knowing this is the trying of your faith, working patience and let have perfect, let patience have her perfect work that you may be entire. Wanting nothing, the pit is essential, it's necessary, and it's vital. All things are working for your good. He's intentional, never failing. If you're in a pit today, realize a comforting thought. God is actually setting you up. God is actually setting you up. Let me say that again so it hits your spirit real good. God is actually setting you up. You remember that show when they move that bus? They nod around. They take them to some disclosed location. By the time they come back, everything is different than when they got there. It's not a dilapidated building. The rooms they used to have don't look like it anymore. The house barely looks like what it looks like anymore. Everything is changed and they leave and it's one way and they come back. It's a different way. That's what God is doing in the lives of his people. All things are working for your good. You're pulled over, but something is being prepared. Behold, I do a new thing. You're pulled over. You're ostracized. You feel like you're eliminated. God is about to step you into something that you've never seen before. A familiar place, but it's going to be real different. This is a prophetic word, so you got to catch it. Number five, pits. 
serve as a great opportunity to trust God. God is not only setting you up. He's eventually getting ready to lift you up. But until then, pits serve as a great opportunity to trust God, who is more capable at seeing the big picture. You say it like this. Here's a question. Who is more capable of seeing the big picture, you or God? <laughs> Sometimes he has to put us in a place of obscurity so that he can work. Let me say it over here. Sometimes he has to put you in a place where your hands can't get to him. Your, your words can't get to him. You don't got, sometimes he gets you to a place in your life you can't say nothing. You're just so far. You can't even talk and put negative words on your situation. You can't try to play God. You can't try to be God. You can't try to make a way out of no way. You can't try to deliver yourself. Sometimes he has to allow you to go into season where you can't do nothing but say, God, if you don't do it, then it won't get done. <laughs> if you don't do it, then it won't get done. <sighs> Who knows how to better orchestrate your life? You or God? Who knows all the surrounding details? You or God? You having a hard time answering these questions? You don't know if you know what's best or he knows what's best. If you're having a hard time answering these questions, let me help you. God always knows better. Therefore, the pit, it seems for you, better to trust him with your whole life. Eventually, Joseph was lifted out of that pit. 20 years later, God not only fulfilled the dream, but he saved the land of Egypt, preserved the people of Israel. Watch this, restored failed relationships in Joseph's life and brought, and brought glory to his own name. Pastor Tommy, come back up. And actually, Pastor Tom, you can just come. We won't do that last song, but I just want you to come play. Um, I, I want to I really highlight this in the last few moments I have with you. You may have heard something in that, what I just read. It says 20 years later. I wish I had another day to preach the rest of it. 20 years later. Like SpongeBob. Everything was restored to him. But here's the question. Do you have the bandwidth and the patience to wait until he finishes orchestrating all the pieces? Do you know why Joseph was in that time? God was putting everything together. Because when he gives it to you, it's going to be nothing missing, nothing broken. It's going to be blessed. It's going to be marvelous in his sight. For the blessings of the Lord make it rich and add no sorrow when God gives it to you. That's why I'm asking, can you wait? He's been 20 years. Some of you can't wait five minutes. You put the hot pocket. And you don't even wait till the whole five minutes. At 420, you're touching the inside of the hot pocket. Is it done? And it feels done on the, on the top. And there's certain parts of the inside. But when you don't let the hot pocket finish, once you bite into it, you come to find, ugh, it's still some cold inside of this hot pocket. I don't know if you like me, but I have so many fingerprints in my hot pocket. From poking my hot pocket. I'm poking it in to see where's the cold. 
But if I just waited the whole five minutes. Here's the beauty about waiting. Those instructions are because they probably put so many hot pockets in the microwave before you got it. They tested them on three minutes. They tested it on 325. They tested it on 350. They tested it on 425. And it still was not all the way. But when they tested it on five minutes, by the time you got it, it was already tested and proven. And they knew what was better for the hot pocket. I'm not saying you're a hot pocket. But I am saying, they that wait on the Lord. They that wait on the Lord. He shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know why? All things are working for my good. He's intentional. Never, ever failing. Let's stand to our feet all over the house. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what, I've been in a pit stop. And I put myself in this pit stop. Maybe you're here, you're not a Christian. And you're in a dark place. You've been in a dark place. You've been having a challenging time. You had a hard time and it's all been because you have chosen to run your own life. And you say, Pastor, I say, I don't want to be in this pit stop no more. I don't want to be here. I want to be in him. I want to be with him. How do you be with him? How are you? How do you get in him? Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth, it's teaching the law of confession, receiving him with your words and knowing he's in your heart. That's how you receive Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you never received Jesus and you're in a space in your life and it seems like you can't progress. It seems like you can't move forward. It seems like every time you try to move forward, you always go back 20 steps. If you're here today, you say, you know what, Pastor, I say, I want a relationship with God, and I want him in my life for the rest of my life. I just want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. If you're here. If you're here. See that hand all the way at the top. If you're here. So you know what? I need to give him my life. I'm stuck. I've been stuck in a rut. And I need to get out of this rut. And the only way I can get out of this rut is I invite Jesus into my life. You're here. Just slip your hand up. We're not going to keep it all day. That's good. I see you're one. And I see you back there, sis. God bless you. I see that right there. I see that. God bless you, brother. Maybe you're here and you say, I'm a Christian. But I feel like I'm in a layover. I feel like I'm in a holdover. And I really need to understand that where I am is essential, is vital, and it's working for me. You say, you know what? I need just to be encouraged. I need to be uplifted and know and, and remember my purpose in God. You're in a spot in your life and you just want some prayer. We're not going to pray for you. We're not going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray for you where you are. You say, hey, I just need some prayer. Raise your hand. That's you. I see hands all over the sanctuary. This is what I want to do. To those that raise their hands to receive Jesus for the first time, we're not going to make a spectacle. We just want you to come down here and so we can celebrate you. Is that okay? If you, re- if you raise your hand and receive Jesus in your heart, I just, want to, I just want you to make your way down here with me. Come on. I saw your hands. I'll come get you. Come on.
come on. Come on. <laughs> That's a long walk, but come on. <laughs> Listen, this is what we want to do. Some say, you know what? I may be uncomfortable with taking that walk. You know what? God knows who you are. That's the good thing. And we want to celebrate it with you. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. You died for me, and I'll live for you. I'm yours, and I'm saved. That's it. Listen, we prayed that prayer with you. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, welcome to the kingdom of God. I want to do this. I want everybody to lift their hand. I want to pray for you, all those that raised their hand. Father, I pray right now that you release purpose in the pit. That you let them know that in your sovereignty, you are there with them. Your grace, your mercy is upon them. And the favor has not diminished. The plans have not wavered. And they are still good concerning their lives. I don't care where they are. I don't care what they've done. The plans are still good for them. Holy Spirit, I pray you do a work in their lives, in their heart, in their spirit in their minds renew their minds in the darkest places of their lives let them continue to think on these things whatever pure lovely just of good report we thank you that all things are working together all things really are working together and that where they are is essential is vital and the dream that you give them in one night will not come overnight but you're doing it so good that by the time that they get it, they will make them forget the former of their youth, the mistakes of the past, and your blessing is going to add so much grace and peace to their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed the word today, give Jesus a big shout online. Thank you for being here. Hey, guys, listen. We love you again next Sunday. If you can be here, come celebrate with us. We love you. Your extended family, you're just sending us on a vacation. Come on, somebody. You're sending us. And we want to say thank you again, my wife. I love you, honey. I know you're watching. She's not here, but she'll be here this week. Um, we'll, we'll be here so you guys can pray us out and send us with blessings. We're all in a space in life. But in, regardless of the space, he's a space filler. And he's there with us. And he's going to be there with us. So let's lift our hands and let's pray. I want to remember remind you tomorrow is prayer we have that prayer here Wednesday night we have service all all um, ages are meeting so let's make sure we're here and again we have our uh, camp I will be going to camp I will be coming from Dallas all the way to camp and I will be there so make sure if you want to sponsor a kid you guys did phenomenal last year you were sponsored a ton of our students it's 225 if you go online as Mark said there's the drop down there uh, for camping students so you can sponsor as many students as you like you guys did so well last year doing that. Thank you so much for sending our students to having a phenomenal experience with the Lord. Lift our hands. Let's pray. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone shout. Amen. Have a beautiful week, y'all. Have a beautiful week. God bless you. You made it to the end of the message and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee 
a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.